0: During the afternoon, we were having lunch, and then the owner of the hotel comes comes to us because, mind you, there's no campground in Nicaragua, so you have to park like in an hotel parking lot and stuff like that, so we're on the beach. Oh. And the owner says, well, it's no biggie right now, but I heard on the radio that there was a earthquake in El Salvador creating a small tsunami.
1: I don't think a tsunami was the family adventure they were thinking of. But man, what a great story to share. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. All this month, we've been talking about travel. How to plan these different types of trips for your family, that you will enjoy, that are affordable, and you will remember for a long time fondly. But have you thought of something bigger? Something where you don't just go away for a week on a vacation or a cruise, but actually take a break from your job, get away from your house, and explore a different part of the world for a while? Sounds pretty crazy, right? I think most people would have a few things that immediately came to their mind, About why it wouldn't work. First off, how are we going to pay for this? Would we be able to get work or find a job after we returned? Do we want to sell or rent our house out while we're gone? And if you have kids, how are they going to deal with it? These are normal questions and concerns to have. I take it as a sign that you're someone who thinks things through, but wouldn't it be fun to shake things up a bit? That's why I want to share from the archives an interview I had with Mike Heru from the Dividend Guy blog. He shared his story about how he and his wife took a year-long RV trip with their kids across the Americas. In this episode, we'll look at how they prepared their finances and themselves for this RV trip, the difficulties that came up during their trip and how they handled it, and then how you can start building some income on the side so you can use that for whatever family adventure you're planning. We got a lot to cover, so let's get started. While Mike has always been, as he likes to call it, chaotic, this trip wasn't a last minute or impulsive decision.
0: Yeah, it, it took us two years to plan it. What happened back then is my wife had a daycare at home. She used to work in a daycare for about 10 years. And then when we started half kids, she was a stay-at-home mom for the first two kids. And then when we had Caleb, he was kind of like running around with nobody. So she opened the daycare and it, it's a lot of work. She was mm-hmm. working like from like six in the morning to almost 6 p.m. at night. And, and then she was like, you know, I don't want this for the rest of my life. She started to read about stories about family going for on trips. The, uh, the first family we we heard about was a family that went for a bicycle down to Mexico. We started talking about this, and I thought it was a bit intense to go, like, cycling.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: we thought, how can we do it?
1: The two of them began brainstorming a couple of ideas before finding the right one.
0: The first version was, well, let's do a world-around trip and, and, like, live in... Two, three months in different countries for a year. But with five of us in the family, airplane tickets, renting cars, or like going for apartments on Airbnb wasn't, was just too much for us. Mm. This is why we, we started thinking, well, if we can move with our home, then we save on camping, we save on, on a restaurant. So this is why we decided to buy an RV like a year before our trip to try it out because we never had an RV before. So, didn't know much how, what to expect from it. And after a year of practice, we decided uh, that we were good to go. This is how the uh, the project was to place.
1: Okay. So I had to have Mike back up just a little bit because it never occurred to me that there would be such a long training period. I had this notion that maybe you need a couple weeks to learn how to move that thing. Turns out there's much more to prepare for.
0: Well, the thing is, it's a pretty small space for five people compared to living in a house. So that's the first thing is to get used to, like, all living in the same space. At home, like, kids are very uh, independent, so they cook their own breakfast whenever they want and stuff like that. But you cannot have this happen in the RV because, like, one person is cooking, that person is pretty much taking, like, 50% 50% of the space available. So you cannot have like kids running around and like going from the bathroom to uh-huh. their bedroom because it, it's exactly the same space, right? Yes. So we, we needed to know like how to like manage resources because within the RV, you have a propane tank, you have like, we, we had solar panel to be, uh, to have electricity all the time. We had to learn how to manage all the sources of powers and stuff like that, how like everything works. This is why we wanted to do a little practice. And especially when you pack up for a year, you have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. inside the RV. This thing is not like a sport car. When it turns, everything moves inside. Oh. So then you learn that you have, to, you have to lock everything. All the cabinet and stuff like that has to be attached or something because things are flying across the RV when you turn. Gotcha. So those are the kind of things that we need to learn before we leave.
1: <laughs> In the meantime, the two of them were working on their finances. If it were us, I'm pretty sure my husband would want to save up the whole amount before we left, but that's not what they were thinking. Mike had another idea he was looking at what he wanted to do for income after the trip as well, so he came up with a plan
0: fifteen months before the trip because I, I used to work in the financial industry as a private banker mm-hmm. and I was working like evening and nights on my websites because we didn't like we didn't have time to save like whatever is going to cost me maybe like $70,000 for the year. We didn't have time to save for that in two years. What we did instead of like trying to save as much as possible is I worked as much as possible. So three, four days a week, Mm. I was working from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. in the morning and still keeping my day job at the same time. This is how I've built my online income in the meantime. So I was making enough when we left to support most of the trip. And so far, I mean, we're coming back home in, in six weeks now and I will have to, I, I've borrowed like $15,000 for the trip besides like what my online income cannot support. So that's that's pretty much like what happened there. And what we decided during the trip is I really like what I'm doing online, mm-hmm. even though right now my my website, they, it does it doesn't make enough to support my lifestyle at home for now but i decided to quit my job anyway and just work full time when i once i come back. i realized that one day i'll be waking up like being 50 or 60 and realize that i really regret not trying to build my company online. i decided right now is the time. i've been doing that as a sideline for 10 years and each year i had a good excuse of not quitting my job like i have a pension plan, the paycheck is good and i pretty much like my job. You know, you hear you keep hearing stories about people that they were struggling or hating their job or not happy because their boss were on them, but I had a very good job and I was good at it and I want to move forward. I want to do my own stuff. I I want to own my company and when I work, I want to work for myself and right now is the right time to do it.
1: Okay, so you heard that, right? He was a private banker making really good money and he's planning on switching to an online business. I admit, it might sound risky, but you have to understand that this wasn't an impulsive decision.
0: I know it's not a gamble yeah. because you know when I was working more for that 18 months before we left, the income started to increase. I've kind of like tried it. There's a there's a correlation between the number of hours put into the website or any any kind of ideas of business ideas you can have and the outcome of it. So what I decided to do is once I come back in July, I'll be working between 50 to 60 hours for at least six months before I know that the online income will pick up and then I'll be able to like, just work normal hours after that. But I know this is what is coming for, for us in, in the next six months or so.
1: If you thought about making more money on the side, now would be a good time to start because you can develop and hone your business before you start to rely on it. Mike had some great tips for those starting out.
0: Well, at the beginning, I would say not to have high expectations. I mean, you can't expect to make a lot of money on the long term, but results are not happening overnight. So you need to work a lot of hours for several months in a row before you can see something happening. Don't go for the short time win. Try to think about what's going to happen in six months, in a year, and three years. And this is how you should build your business. For example, right now, I'm making more emphasis uh, on getting people subscribing to my free newsletter because I want to build the, the biggest audience I can. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be able to grow my membership website. The secret, I think, is to have your own product. So then you're you're in full control of that part. Now that we have our own product since 2013, well, it's our own product. So we manage it as we want as long as we offer quality for it like clients are still on board and they're willing to pay for that membership or yearly uh, membership website. I think this is the the most important thing is to think about the long term. Mm -hmm. So don't try to make money within the first six months, but think how you can make a lot more in a year or two.
1: Yeah, this podcast isn't about quick wins or people becoming millionaires overnight. It takes a lot of work, but speaking about expectations, Mike had some wonderful stories and advice about life on the road.
0: The way you expect your trip to be and the way it's happening is two different things. You know, at first we thought, oh, you know, my wife will do school in the morning. I'll be like an activity or something or visit like a museum. Yeah. That probably never happened like in 300 days of traveling. I was quite surprised because we really had like three different reactions. My oldest, my oldest son is William. He was 10 at that time. And he he kind of like became an adult very quick. He was very helpful. He really enjoyed having the liberty of like not going to school every day and like doing his stuff whenever he wants. He was helping a lot. While Amy, my daughter, which was nine, her was like, she was kind of like a bit loss I would say because she's used in a structured environment going to school and having you know deadlines and stuff like that now like especially the first months we were pretty much just like we wake up one day we like it we don't like it we just like up and leave (laughs) somewhere else so she was kind of lost in that kind of environment so it's kind of funny because she had very good grades at at school and now she was like the one that had that has having the most argument with my with my wife about school because she didn't feel like she was you know like with rules and stuff so she was a bit lost in that my third one was probably like the the easiest one to manage because he was Caleb was four when we left so basically his definition of life is traveling across the world so you just get accustomed very quickly because he didn't know you know he didn't have much friends back then because Mm -hmm. he didn't have to go to school and everything so it was very easy for him to just up on board and just travel across the world
1: even though for the most part things went well for their trip there were still times where it got stressful as a couple in a family communication can make a huge difference
0: we're kind of on the same page, and and what i've learned because we met a lot of other families traveling with like on our trips and it's important to, to be a very good team together because you go through all kind of emotions and all kind of like amazing situation, but you know, sometimes it's amazing and sometimes it's very bad and the bad situation are like 10 times worse than they were at home because you're not in your country and you're not in control. If you're not part of a good team, if you don't communicate to each other and if you're, you don't let the other per- person like about your emotion and what you think this is this could turn very bad <laughs> we just tell the other you know like i don't like this place or i'm not comfortable and or my day was crap don't have to worry about like like not saying things because i think this is the worst part that could happen for for anybody traveling you need it, it needs to get out like automatically and at first what we did with the kids is we used to have like one supper per week where we would discuss what happened during the week. What did we like? What we did dislike, and what can be done for next week to be better? Because I mean, your kids are uh. part of that trip too. It's important to remember it's not their decision. They have to follow you, but it's mm. not their decision. So it's important to, like, make them part of the process.
1: Mike really wanted this trip to be an opportunity for all of them to bond and share this experience together, and in one case, that meant being stuck with two forces of nature.
0: On our way to Costa Rica in November, we were in Nicaragua for about like two weeks at the same place. And we were basically waiting until December 1st because we rented a house in, in Costa Rica. And what happened there is there was that hurricane Otto that was coming to hit either Costa Rica or Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. So we were not sure what's going to happen at that time. We wasn't quite sure if the RV would survive uh, a wow. tropical storm or a hurricane. And on the day that the storm was supposed to hit where we were, during the afternoon, we were having lunch, and then the owner of the hotel comes comes to us, because, mind you, there's no campground in Nicaragua, so you have to park like in an hotel parking lot and stuff like that, so we're on the beach. Wow. And the owner says, well, it's no biggie right now, but I heard on the radio that there was a earthquake in El Salvador creating a small tsunami coming
1: oh, like on, wow. on
0: Nicaragua coast yeah so then at first we're not that alarmed because he we said well worst comes to worst we're going to have like a wave of like maybe one or two foot high so it's not that bad but I mean just want to warn you guys and then 15 minutes later the siren goes on and it was like it was incredible because you you hear like all the people upping in pickups screaming jattering like Women and children and dogs, and they were telling me like it was screaming, like get in your RV and get out. So we had to drive for like five miles to make sure that we were on a safe spot. And thank God, nothing happened on that place. The tsunami hit like 25 miles up north.
1: Yeah.
0: And then so we we came back, and we were just like, okay, now we have to wait for the hurricane to hit us, like later on today.
1: <laughs> so a tsunami so, and a hurricane. <laughs> Yeah, on the, on the same day, so
0: that was like quite demanding for us on emotional perspective. So we just like, you know, and it was like, wow, we just get the tsunami. So let's get pasta, have wine, and then wait by the beach to see what happens. The night was the night went on very smooth, and it's kind of funny because we had wrapped up the whole RV had like a, a, a huge plastic. Like I made a huge plastic bag out of it. So it was all wrapped up to make sure that there was no leak possible. Mm-hmm. Finally, the, the the tropical storm hit like 75 miles south of where we were. So the next morning we woke up and we just realized that, you know, in life, you don't have to worry about what could happen. You just have to live through it. If bad things happen, they will happen. And if they don't, they don't. But there's nothing, you know, you have to learn how to let go of that control because you're not the one in control in those kind of situations. Starting at that moment, we kind of felt that we were invincible in the sense that we were not afraid of anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Because we just realized that when you go forward, most likely good things will happen to you. And for the rest of it, well, you just have to deal with it. But there's there's nothing much you can do about it.
1: If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to share some key takeaways I picked up from listening again to my chat with Mike. The first one is give yourselves a map and some runway when you're planning big goals. Even though they were excited about this year-long trip, they didn't immediately jump into this. As you heard Mike explain, one of the things they did was figure out a a few of the key components. On his side, it was building up some passive income streams that would help them cover the costs of their trip. And then of course, they're downsizing and they're working towards their goal to make it easier to leave the house and go on that trip, which leads into that second one, which is do test runs of your goals. While there are certainly some goals that you probably have to just jump into, I think it's perfectly valid to test things out. In this case, it was buying the RV, testing out how they could function and live within that space. And this is a great opportunity because one, they could see that they can actually do it and they can build the confidence. But let's consider the other side. They could have discovered that this wasn't for them. And it would be much easier to stop and pivot at this point than when they were on the middle of the road during their trip. So don't be afraid to do smaller test runs and see how it works out for you. You may discover that you're on the right path or that you have to adjust. Either way, that's valuable information. And then finally, accept that there's no absolutely perfect and safe plan. I know with financial planning, there's a lot of talk about optimizing your choices and you should look at the numbers and test things out, but things will happen. Things come up that you didn't plan for or maybe didn't even save for. Just think about the pandemic. But these last two years, I've seen so many families in the community show their resilience and show their grit and find ways to make it work or to change their situation. I hope you found this episode encouraging. If you have a goal that you want to pursue and you're looking for ways to save up for it, don't forget we have a free course called 5 Days to 5K. It's a week-long email course that walks you step-by-step on different ways you can find, save, and earn a little extra money on the side. Just head over to couplemoney.com 5K. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By the way, Mike did retire from his nine-to-five job and he enjoys having more time with family while working on projects like his site, Dividend Guy Blog. I'm going to have links to that as well as resources we've mentioned in the show notes plus more over at Couple Money. Heads up, next week is the listener mailbag. So if you haven't already, make sure you send those questions in. Yes, there's going to be a link in the show notes, but also you can send them in through social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, pretty much everywhere at Couple Money. I'm probably going to be recording on Friday. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. Couple Money Podcast is made possible because of incredible listeners like you. Every tweet, question you send in, the comment you make gets the word out so that more couples can work as a team on their money and so much more. I really appreciate your support. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.